Welcome back to the Game Link Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Lebby, and as always, I'm joined by my friend, Elmer. Um, he's right there. He's uh, remote today, having some more car troubles, but that's okay. Um, it just honestly, feels par for the course with this movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't think this movie would have been worth your, your time and guess to get down here anyway, so... Um, but yeah, so today, uh, actually my mic is a little quiet. Sorry. Let me turn myself up a little bit. Oh, there we go. All right. That's better. Okay. So now that you can hear me, uh, today we're going to be talking about Need for Speed, uh, starring Aaron Paul or Jesse Pinkman. Um, but before we start to unpack this, um, how, how have the last two weeks been for you, Elmer? A train wreck like this, or sorry, a car wreck like this film. Um, (laughs) not a lot of good, not a lot of bad, just a whole lot of middling mediocrity. And dear God, I am once again, happy to see your smiling, shining face and to be able to bullshit with you about some shitty movies while getting intoxicated. So, uh, yeah, no, I really wish I could have made it down there today because it would have made it all the more worth it. But simultaneously life gets in the way. So. Hey, at least I got my furnace working. That's one thing that's worth it. <laughs> yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, we're in uh, Minnesota. It's starting to finally get cold here. Um, so furnace is important. You watch anything good? or uh, last ooh, I, uh, Yeah, no, on uh, Friday night we actually went and we uh, saw Wakanda Forever, the new Black Panther film. And, uh, well, I admit I was not looking forward to it because... Well, anything to do with Marvel movies these days feels like a chore. Uh, but no, I will say that was actually a pretty good movie. Okay. And here I and here I'm just like, why the hell do I want to see the Marvel version of um, of Aquaman get his ass kicked on screen? But oh man, seeing the Marvel version of Aquaman get his ass kicked on screen that was great. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I'm I'm not much of a superhero movie fan, but. Um, I still keep telling you, man, you got to watch The Boys because, oh, God, you would be loving every single second of that with all the barbs oh and jokes and points they put at that series. But uh, I guess I will say also on a little bit of a somber note, which I know is part of a big part of our childhood growing up, you and I, as well as it being somewhat of a video game aspect to it, um, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman from the animated series from when we were kids, as well as the voice from the Rocksteady uh, Arkham Asylum games, just passed away on Thursday of, of cancer. I had the rare mm-hmm. fortune of being able to meet him a few years back, and everything you hear online about him being the sweetest, nicest, just best person ever is completely right. Uh, just a little bit of a moment of silence, uh, a little pouring out of the 40s, as well as just, you know, <laughs> further remembrance of our good friend Kevin Connery here. Rest in peace. Rest in power, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, on a on a lighter note, um, the last couple weeks for me has been good. I've watched a lot of stuff. Um, let's see. I so first of all, I've been I've played Sonic Frontiers uh, a lot of it, and I won't do a full review here, but um, I'll say I like I like it, but um it's it's a sonic game so there's uh, a lot of problems to work out but i think that 
I want that poll quote. It's a Sonic game. <laughs> it's a Sonic game. I mean, I think that if they had spent another six months on it, maybe it would have been a lot better, but who knows. So what um, you're saying is that the, the method to the madness of making a Sonic game is you don't go fast? <laughs> and that's the thing. At, at times in this one, you don't feel like you're going fast at all. Um, but I'll I'll get into that on another day. Because uh, the new God of War also came out, which um, I haven't actually played yet. Because I'm waiting till payday to buy it, just so I can be a little bit more responsible with my money. But um, I'm really excited for that one. I've heard nothing but uh, but great things about that one. You sound like me with Dark Tide. So you know what? We're on the same page there. <laughs> um, also. Uh, let's see, what did I watch? Oh, man, I watched something that I knew you were... Oh, Clerks 3. I finally watched Clerks oh. 3. Um, and at first it was kind of making me mad. But then it got good at the end. Um, I won't spoil anything for you guys, but I'll just say it's it's like... It's Kevin Smith's excuse to make a movie uh, to make himself cry. I was going to say it's Kevin Smith's uh, reason to have a midlife crisis, but uh, yeah, that too. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen this, Elmer, but like he'll post a pic on Twitter of him like crying, and he'll be like, oh, just got out of this movie. Like it made me cry. It was so good. Please tell me he's wearing some kind of a hockey jersey and jorts while it's <laughs> No, I think he's just in a black jacket, but yeah, he he's po- he's done that I think a few times where he just posts himself crying about a movie and it's like, "Bro, keep it together." Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Kevin Smith now. Skinny Kevin Smith with a slight mm-hmm. beard goatee combo, receding hairline, some kind of a hat, a black blazer and occasionally with glasses on. Yeah. Oh my God! Is he turning into Doug Walker? The <laughs> it. You know he needs to remake Kikassia. Oh God! <laughs> is it bad that that might actually someday might be an Academy Award-winning film just because it was the meeting of the minds of so many people that helped to change the critic media ship as we know it? And I. Be the one? I hope not. <laughs> yeah. But um, I say those words out loud, and as much as it makes me laugh, and it makes me think of, oh, that's the movie we should be talking about. Weird. How the hell have we talked about? Weird oh, yet? yeah, weird. Uh, that movie was freaking awesome. Uh, anyone who normally hates? Oh, sorry. I'll let you go. First. Uh, I was just gonna say, anyone who hasn't seen it yet or heard about it yet, uh, it's Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird Al Yankovic, and uh, uh, it's kind of like a biopic, but it's very like tongue in cheek <laughs> like uh, I don't know it's obviously not like a true account of events um but it's great like, like UHF uh Weird Al Yankovic's previous film like the the Weird Al Yankovic show his previous other sort of you know live media series that he did as well as all of his music everything he's ever written and as like you know actually on the page when you did a short-term podcast, like everything else Weird Al has ever done, tongue is firmly in cheek, and it is satirical. Actually, no. It goes beyond satirical. It's full-on parody. Yeah. I hate 
musical biopic movies. To this day, La Bamba is still the only really one I like until Weird Al's Weird came out. And I admit, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. It, if you're like me, where every time you sit down to watch a biopic and I'm just like, oh, great, here's Rami Malek. Uh, for Need for Speed, playing Freddie Mercury. Oh, is this the scene where he thanks Bohemian Rhapsody, or We Will Rock You, or We Are the Champions, or, oh, hey, here's Taron Edgerton <laughs> playing Elton John. Oh, is this the part where he gets inspired to write Yellow Brick Road while watching The Wizard of... If you're like me and you hate that, it is brilliant with what they're able to do in Weird. Yeah. Because, oh, oh yeah, it, it was that button hard. It was great. It was it was definitely great. We can't spoil it at all, but uh, oh man, I'm I'm definitely rewatching that one soon. Oh, speaking of Aaron Paul, though, it is funny. Uh, did you ever see the uh, which the people who produced this film was Will Ferrell with uh, not something rotten, uh, Funny or Die. Funny or Die, actually, yeah, yeah, Funny or Die. Did you ever see the original uh, faux trailer they did back in the day for the weird movie? Yeah, yeah. It was like a skit that they did for Funny or Die, uh, and then they decided to make it into a whole movie. Which I I admit, as much as I love Danny Radcliffe on this, and I'm so glad they went with him, I still laugh my ass up every time I see that with uh, Olivia Wilde as Madonna, Aaron Paul as... (laughs) uh, Weird Al, uh, where in this it was Danny Radcliffe, like we said, and then it was, um, oh crap, I just got her name from Westworld, <laughs> which is hilarious because she's now been on Westworld with Aaron Paul as well. <laughs> ah, crap, I forget her name off the top of my head. I'm so sorry, everybody who's screaming it at their uh, car stereo or at their TV set or computer right now as they're watching this. Uh, but the one thing where I'm like, look, I love Rain Wilson, I really do. I still wish they would have gone with the funnier die sketch. Patton Oswalt as Doctor Demento is one of the most inspired choices oh, yeah. I've ever seen. But I, I, I did love Rain Wilson as Doctor Demento. Uh, Brilliant. Because <laughs> I don't know if you remember, actually, Elmer. Back in the day, I actually used to have like a Doctor Demento album that I would listen to. Oh, I do. Because of you inspiring me that with that, I would turn into ninety one point or ninety eight point five on Sundays and listen to the actual Doctor Demento show back in the day. So yes, <laughs> I'm well aware. Yeah, yeah, no, that was great. So um, yeah, definitely recommend that movie. Um, let's see what else happened this last couple weeks. Um, I don't know if you heard about the whole drama between id Software and Mick Gordon. Um, I was well aware of that during the drama they were having after they decided to uh, basically cut him off while uh, working on Doom Eternal. Why? What else has come up? Uh, well, a few days ago, he like made this tweet about how they've been like slandering him and basically blaming everything on him, and then offered him like six figures to shut up about it and never talk about it again. And so he said, uh, "Go to hell," and he like made a whole like like five six page like documentation of everything that happens all the work that he did that he didn't get paid for and like all this stuff uh for anyone that doesn't know mick gordon um he's the composer of the music for the new doom games and he is he's like a kind of like a master (laughs) of his craft he's like he makes some really good stuff um he basically made like four hours 
of music for them and only got paid for two. And then, like, somebody else edited the music uh, and, like, ruined it. And then when people were upset, they basically just threw him under the bus. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Um, you can definitely look it up and, and, and read about it if you want. But um, I thought that was interesting since we recently talked about Doom. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm... I'm back and forth on that. I, I kind of kept up on that after around the time that Doom Eternal came out, just because they put it on the back burner from being originally released in uh, November of 2019. They put it back till March of uh, 2020 there. Knowing how much extra time Gordon had on that, it did kind of sound like that he decided, oh, hey, I'm going to go back. I'm going to re-record this, 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 and this. And he kind of took his time on it. And then finally, when they were in the final time crunch, it sounded like that they were like, hey, we need to kind of speed this up a little bit and get onto it, was when he kind of went, well, no, you know. By the way it sounded to me, at least from what some of the reading I did, he was like, well, no, because of how important BFG Division was to the first Doom game from 2016, I still think I get a full-on say what's going to happen here. And they're like, well, uh, if you don't kind of speed this up contractually, we have to release the game. We'll just get somebody else in here to actually do the So mix. I think that's part of the rumor, actually, Elmer. Maybe, you know, and who's to say, really? It's kind mm-hmm. of like a he said, they said thing. But, oh, definitely. Uh, apparently he was um, asking for more time from the beginning and left in the dark on pretty much everything. And only given Ooh. two years to to make, you know, <laughs> you know, four hours worth of music uh you know it's it takes bands years to make a 10 album or 10 uh 10 song album you know so chinese democracy (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy i I, if if you guys are interested in that um i'm by no means an expert i think i watched like a five minute youtube video about it and just got all worked up but oh yeah um that's some drama happening over on on Twitter, which we're not going to get into the Twitter Twitter stuff either, but um... <laughs> yeah, let, let's leave Elmo Musk out of this. Twitter we don't <laughs> yeah. need to add any more drama to that uh, situation. Yeah. Let's put it this way: I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here because trust me, I mean, um, I hope at my funeral they play BFG Division as my coffin is being lowered <laughs> into the ground. So you know, uh, song... sarah. <laughs> that song is iconic. Um, but so also. Uh, it was it was kind of some like gaming historians dug up something interesting um so back in the day like i'm guessing the 90s sega was developing a live action erotic thriller game um called sacred pools this was in 1996 um gaming historians found this on the internet somewhere or on sega's server somewhere or something and uh they published a playable version of it online <laughs> um, but don't worry it's not sexy at all apparently it's not even as sexy as night trap which <laughs> wasn't sexy um so you know look, look up look up sacred pools if you're kind of a nostalgia or a, like a gaming history nerd um i i just looked at a little a few screenshots and yeah it looks looks pretty bad <laughs> but oh, uh, oh. let's see also everyone's pissed at square enix again <laughs> um because they gosh what they they announced some something called like 
gosh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was something to do with Parasite Eve. So everyone was thinking that they were like rebooting Parasite Eve, um, and we're getting all excited. And then Square announces, "No, it's not a game. It's a, it's a non fungible token uh, endeavor that they're investing in, where basically you buy like uh, experiences uh, as NFTs and." They're promising like a whole like community around this stuff and to be well supported. And it's like, how do you how do you promise a a community? You know, how do you make that a selling point of a thing that doesn't exist yet? Um, so everyone's really mad at them, um, which good. They shouldn't waste their time or money on this shit. And in my opinion, it makes them look foolish. I'm not so. going to lie. I thought you were going to say that they're going to go the Konami track and make a pachinko game that I had to deal with um, <laughs> with Parasite Eve. And then you said the only thing on this planet that's even dumber than them just making a pachinko game version of it. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, there goes the last of my faith in the international community. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty upsetting. Um, but in other news, I don't know if you've heard, they're making a, a Last of Us live live series. I think it's on HBO Pedro with Pascal Nick Offerman. Yeah. Wait, Nick Offerman? Who's Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman, uh, he plays... Oh, gosh, I can't remember who they said he plays. But he's not, like, one of the main characters, I think. But he's in it. Oh, but, uh, no, the Mandalorian himself, slash uh, the, the rich fucker from um, Unbearable Weight of Talent, the great Pedro Pascal, a.k.a. the Hispania, oh, yeah, yeah. The Hispania version of uh, <laughs> Nathan Fillion. Uh, which they, both Nathan Fillion and him joke about that is uh, Nathan <laughs> Fillion goes, hey, look, it's the Spanish version of me. And then Pedro Pascal goes, look, it's the Canadian version of me. So, no, they, <laughs> they laugh at each other all the time. But, uh, yes, no, uh, I love me some Pedro Pascal. And, uh, no, I'm actually kind of excited for this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I couldn't finish the first game. I never even touched the second one. But I do, I do really like zombie stuff uh and i am really excited about this um so i think that'll be a good one to talk about maybe we'll do a whole a whole thing on the podcast for that um well, someone also to hbo max i mean come on i'm the one who's gonna be supplying it for us, so of course <laughs> it's, it's true this. i refuse to pay for hbo max um but also there's a new animated series coming to netflix for dragon age <sighs> Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's got to be better than the than the web series Felicia Day made back in two thousand eleven. Did they? Do you you didn't know about that? Felicia Day made a Dragon Age web series back like ten eleven years ago. Yeah, I I've only seen clips of it, but it looks low budget i mean it was around the time of like you know legend of neil and the guild and all that stuff so really low budget (laughs) cheesy acting um was it better or worse than the dead rising series with rob riggle (laughs) what i haven't heard about that crackle exclusive my friend crackle exclusive (laughs) okay i love rob riggle i do we might we might have to watch this (laughs) <laughs> it's it's got to be covered wars, you know. It's just like, well, you fought in wars, you know, Rob Riggle. So yes, no, I I believe you. 
Oh, that's awesome. I should download that. Okay, but, um, yeah, no, that's all the news I have. Oh. Um, we can finally start talking about Need for Speed. Okay. So, wait, what? I said, do we have to? <laughs> well, not about the movie yet. I'm going to talk about the game first. I know, but uh, can we skip this along <laughs> for another 20, 40 minutes? You know, really kind of cover all the bases? Well, we're we're really trying not to make this a short episode um, because of our thoughts on the movie and the amount of stuff I could find about the first Need for Speed game. But um, there's a lot of Need for Speed games, and I'm sure everyone listening has probably at least played one. And if you hadn't, um, there's got to be one in the series that'll be fun for you, even, even if you're not a racing game fan. But um, first, I guess let's start out. What's, what's your favorite Need for Speed game, Elmer? Because I know you've played a bunch of them. Hot Pursuit 1 and 2 on the original PC, just because the graphics engine, as well as just with the actual speed of the RAM card, <laughs> in terms of how well you're able to actually capture some of those peeper, people that are on the road. Those games introduced the use of the spike strip. And let's put it this yeah. way. I am not a person who is full-on Blue Lives Matter or anything like that. Not saying there's anything wrong with that or anything like that. All I'm saying is, though, I will say those games trying to catch those people speeding at high speeds on the highway was so much fun back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, that, that whole, um, like, cop versus criminal dynamic, um, they definitely have used that in a lot of games since. But, yeah, that was, like, the one that really hit home. And, um I guess I should I should mention so we recently watched a video by this guy called Noodle on YouTube. He is like an animator, he's really funny and does a lot of research. He made a whole video about the Need for Speed series like as a whole and he really gets gets into some some depth on each one. So I definitely recommend people look up that video. Maybe I'll put it in the YouTube description if you're watching this on YouTube. But watch his video because it's it's a great time um but yeah he was talking about in in that game how uh they recorded so many lines and stuff for the for the police uh where where you could actually like hear them starting to get like pissed off the more you evaded them um or like they had their own like police code in the game that you would hear over your police scanner so if you played enough of it, you could figure out what they were communicating to plan to do um, just by, like, their codes and stuff, and you could avoid them just by learning what they're talking about. So I was like, Need for Speed is really cool. Um, <laughs> they put a lot of effort into some weird things sometimes, but it, it really makes it fun. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite has to be Underground... Uh, and underground too, I suppose. But underground, it was like <laughs> uh, I think like 2006, where the whole thing was like you'd you'd get like consumer grade, like consumer level cars, and then spend your money to upgrade them and and like slam them, put neon under them, you know, get it all dubbed out. Um, so. Needless I don't to say, think... listeners, uh, 2006 is around the time that Levy and I started getting our learner's permits, so that might have had something to do with <laughs> why getting entry-level vehicles and being able to soup them up might have suited his interests more than mine. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really liked the, those games, and 
if they do a remaster of anything, I think that should be it. Because they haven't really brought that mechanic back for the games. I mean, like, they have brought things similar, but not to, like, the the level of <laughs> of Underground. Um, but there is a, a new Need for Speed game coming out soon. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me one of the highest earning members of an EA franchise is getting a new edition in the year of alert 2022? Yeah, no, a new game. (laughs) I know, it's crazy, right? Who would ever expect? Um, But no, they're coming out with a new game called Need for Speed Unbound. And it kind of looks, if you've ever seen Need for Speed Heat, it's kind of like the cyberpunk-ish, like neon aesthetic. Um it kind of does some of that, like some of the Need for Speed Underground customization stuff, but this Unbound that's coming out kind of looks like a cross between Underground and Heat, so I, I think it's going to be right up my alley at least. But Okay, I'm sorry, but Unbound? I mean, that that's on the same level as like Retribution, Resurrection, and like Regurgitation in terms of using as like a synonym or not a synonym but at least like a uh, an adjective for your film yeah <laughs> or a video I mean, game <laughs> subtitle i'll i'll have to send you a trailer for it because yeah unbound it is kind of a stupid name i have no idea what that means but they i think they're like going with a whole new like art style and stuff where it looks more like like almost cell shaded like a comic book style art I was about to joke with you. Oh God, does it look like fucking uh, Fortnite? And then you said, "Oh no, it's cel shaded." And I'm just like, "Well, there goes my faith in humanity." Yeah, oh. it it like I'm not doing it justice. It looks it looks good. It looks fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, it looks like a home run. But uh, we'll we'll see because that's what. That's what people are saying about the new Sonic game right now. I have no idea. It's it's rated higher than like Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, like it has an eight point nine Metacritic score. Um, and higher I mean, it's than the, higher than the actual. Uh, what is it? The Pain. Um, Max Pain. No, 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 no. Higher than um, the Metal Gear Solid Five. That's Phantom Pain, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom Pain. Yeah, no, it has an eight point nine on Metacritic, which. To be fair, it is one of the best Sonic games we've had in a long time. Um, I, it might even be the best 3D Sonic game, but it. But it again, doesn't... you're just. But I was gonna say. <laughs> but then again, you're also just the best 3D Sonic game. That's um. Yeah, that's a low bar. <laughs> uh, no, the like I said, I think the best way I can describe it is the game doesn't feel complete. Though I am having a lot of fun with it. I played like 14 hours of it already. I still haven't beaten it, but I'm really close. So I, I definitely do recommend people to play it. Um, but of still, course better, I'm than a... Sonic pa- or better than Phantom Pain, though. Because I played a shitload of the Phantom Pain, it, and that game was it's fucking It's ridiculous. Awesome. Every, well, everyone, they finally get like a, a halfway decent 3D Sonic experience, and so they're pumped about it. I get it, but they're giving it too much credit, I think. But why do you have to keep using verbs that are euphemisms for masturbation? Talking about a Sonic game, though, for the people that are playing <laughs> it, because that's just why I'm laughing every single time you're talking about people being excited for a 3D Sonic game. Just that. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess I, I can stop talking about Sonic because it always comes back to Sonic somehow. But um, 
Yeah, so Need for Speed. Uh, <laughs> the first game was released in 1994. Um, it was actually like a collaboration with that EA was doing with Road and Track, which is a car magazine. Um, and it was the only game in the series to be like a, a car simulation experience uh, where they they had... Um, gosh, who was it? They had collaboration with road and track to have some of their drivers um handle handle like the dynamics tuning of like the cars and stuff so like you know what makes it understeer what makes it oversteer how how these cars actually handle and apparently they did such a good job that it's still considered pretty impressive by today's standards so good job um that's pretty cool but after that, it made a bunch of money, and they went, okay, let's make this more, like, fun and easy to handle, uh, like, maybe arcade So they came out with a bunch of weird, like, there was, like, a Porsche-only Need for Speed, and they they keep trying different formulas. Some of them are hits. Some of them are misses. There was that, what was that one that came out for the 360 that everything was tinged in piss? That just sounds like every game that came out for the Xbox. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like to be a bit more specific. <laughs> the whole game has this like sepia filter over it, and everything just looks like piss, um, which is really sad because apparently it, it was like uh, one of the better games. That's crazy. I'm uh, gonna say is how how bad is that you're setting the bar that low when it comes to an actual <laughs> racing game? When out of the gate, first few years out of the gate, you do the Porsche racing game. Now, look, I drive yeah. a Subaru, and I'm saying that a Porsche <laughs> looks fucking stupid. Yeah, I think I think I had the, the Porsche one on PC back in the day. And the thing is, like, there would always be, like, a PC port and a PlayStation port. I think the original game came out first on the, the 3DO. Like, who had a fucking 3DO? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going to so, say, there, there were three levels of gamers. There were people who had 3DO, there were people who had Neo Geo, there were people that had computers, and then there was everybody else in the actual console game at the time, a.k.a. Yeah. the other 90% of the market. So, yeah, no, you're not <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, it's an EA. You know, they're always doing weird stuff that piss you off. But Need for Speed, with how many games they've had, there's obvious hits and obvious misses. Um, but yeah, um, they, I mean, obviously have done well for themselves. It's like Elmer said, one of the highest grossing franchises for video games. So, um, yeah, I couldn't really find anything out about the development. Well, that's the way she goes. Sometimes, sometimes everyone just locks their lips. EA, get into contact with me because you know how to get into contact with me after this. Levy, I might have just had the thing to save their franchise, the idea for it. Oh, boy. We may be two weeks out from spooky season, but, oh, baby, we might, be, we might have one way to make Need for Speed a little spooky. Oh, boy. What's that? Think about, okay. The original Need for Speed Hot Pursuit ported to the PC in about 1998. One of the levels, you're driving around a backlot, a Hollywood backlot. And one of the things, if you stop by what looks to be an abandoned mine area when you're driving through like a desert, 
There are spooky eyeballs staring at you through these slats <laughs> in the boarded-off mine. Uh-huh. Hear me out. EA, if you make a jump-scare car simulator, like all of a sudden you're driving along and you're, you know, you're going and you check, oh, check periphery, whoop, and you look back and there's, you know, uh, Samara from the ring standing in the middle of the road. Come on, how many freaking streamers are they gonna play that game, you know, six ways to Sunday? Or you have it, oh shit, I gotta go through this tunnel. All of a sudden the tunnel gets smaller and smaller and smaller. You have to go through more lanes. You have to try to pass the person in front of you, you know, knock that person off the road. Come on, oh, make like a, game. Yeah, like a, like a battle royale racing game. Horror racing game. Come <laughs> on, you know you can do it, E-Ray. You got it in you. Yeah, that, that would actually be a pretty cool concept. Uh, which, now that you say horror racing game, kind of reminds me of that game I mentioned last time, um, Motor Doom. That oh, Tony Hawk yes. dirt bike game. Sounds awesome. That's also a roguelike shooter. <laughs> Just If you don't get to play as a headless horseman, Evil Knievel, I would be so angry. But I know the, <laughs> both zombie Evil Knievel as well as the headless horseman I have got to be unlockable characters in that game. Just saying. <laughs> uh yeah no I, i'm i'm pumped about that one but um yeah i guess that's all i got about the game unless you have anything to add yeah uh, not really i mean you kind of covered the bases in terms of how they stem from like a former simulation moving on up from there so no, you, you got it man all we right, had enough well, side tangents and sidetracks. I think we're plugging <laughs> along quite well in this episode yeah now we get to get into the meat and potatoes of it elmer what did you find out about this movie? Uh, well, oh boy. before we talk about this movie, I'm going to talk about one of the highest grossing franchises in world history when it comes to film. And that is a little film series that started in 2001 called The Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and before I talk about The Fast and the Furious, I'm going to talk about a movie that came out in 1991 called Point Break, Starring Patrick Swayze and one Keanu Reeves. <clears throat> Let's just say that movie had middling box office returns, but at the same time had quite the staying powder power when it came to audiences who saw it and the people who caught it on VHS, TV, and cable afterwards. Anyway, in the mid-1990s, an article came out in a couple of car racing magazines about the underground car racing scenes around the Ox or uh, Austin, Texas, as well as the Southern California areas. With this actual magazine article, which to this day, there's a lot of hearsay saying how true it actually is, uh, Universal latched onto it and went, oh, we might have something here. So they reached out to the now-canceled director of Dragonheart and went, Rob Cohen, make this movie! And he went... <laughs> Wait, you want me to make a movie about a car racing article? They said, yeah, but put it to the point of Point Break, or the story of Point Break with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay. And so that's how we got the Fast and the Furious franchise, which you watch that movie now, and they're trying to steal VHS players and DVD players off the back of a uh, freight truck with their cars. Oh, it is so funny compared to the crap they're getting into these days. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen the last few fast and furious movies um because i can't remember what the last one i saw was but they're like on a plane with the cia and like you know it it's just gotten 
it's gone down such a rabbit hole that I feel I feel like doesn't deserve to keep happening. But you know, you you're saying this with a straight face, which is beyond you. Because if you try to sum up any given Fast and the Furious franchise with a straight face, looking someone dead <laughs> in the eye, dead in the camera, or whatnot. Oh, it's just a thing of beauty. It is literally a series where inter- international law enforcement is dealt utilizing cars. Yeah. Yeah, and racing. Yeah. I had the luck of being able to see the last, uh, or as of now, the last Fast, or Fast and the Franchise movie, or Fast and the Furious franchise movie. Uh, which was uh, back, I want to say, in July of uh, 2021 there. I got to see that baby on the big screen. And, oh, Lordy, how I tell you, I thought I was having an embolism for half the time for <laughs> some of the shit they were pulling off in that. They go to space in a Miata, Libby. Oh. Space in a Miata. <sighs> Clint Eastwood's son straps rocket engines to a Miata. And Ludacris and Tyrese go to space. God. Stop. What are you doing? The words you're saying make me angry. (laughs) Is it bad that if you were anyone else, you'd have no idea? Words I would be saying right now would not make any sense, but because you are who you are, you know that these words, they both make sense, but they don't make sense. <laughs> oh, man. It, and that's I mean... still not the craziest end of the movie. The end of the movie, turns out Paul Walker's still alive. Not the, not the, not Paul Walker, but his character is still alive in the end of that movie. And we're like, what was the point of the seventh one, man? <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I this Need for Speed felt a lot like a Fast and the Furious like ripoff. <laughs> and you are correct because around that same time, Paul Walker, famously, sadly, passed away in a horrific car accident in uh, the middle part of 2013, right before the release of the seventh uh, Fast and the Furious movie. Around that same time, Disney kind of was getting cold feet because they just uh, purchased um, Star Wars from Lucasfilm, and they were building up to purchasing 20th Century Fox. They were kind of going through the growing pains at that point of the Marvel films, and they went, hey, maybe we can get ourselves a Fast and the Furious franchise movie. And they turned around and they went, hey, EA, what can you do for us? Because remember, they are also the people that helped to finance us a little film called the prince of persia oh god don't remind me i i I like jake gyllenhaal but that uh no (laughs) don't make don't make a white guy playing egyptian guy please So with this film, they actually went kind of the smart route, and I will give it to them. They, the director of it is actually a very experienced uh, stunt actor, stunt coordinator, as well as person who has a know-how in terms of practicality within the special effects field, which I actually give this movie a lot of kudos on that. Um, with that, 
he went and he actually talked to one of the writers who was one of the guy or the guy who wrote this movie is actually a guy who has done a lot of really and I mean really interesting action comedy as well as um, just sort of genre film fare like that. And so I can I can see where they were looking at this going, let's do Fast and the Furious, but we'll do it as practical as we can. We'll utilize uh, somebody who's actually an Academy Award winning or Academy Award nominated screenwriter. And we're actually going to go into it with the idea of, oh, hey, let's make really interesting, uh, like, like a car racing movie. Unfortunately, as I said to you while we were about halfway through this film, dear God, this feels like Smokey and the Bandit with fetal alcohol syndrome. <laughs> uh, it, uh, yeah, let's put it this way. Everything it shot for, it missed at, minus a lot of the, and I mean a lot of the actual practical effects in this. We actually got to see physical cars go end over end, crashing, going off of jumps, ramps, and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. Unfortunately, whoever the hell they hired for a cinematographer and an editor on this film made it feel so choppy, it was... Oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah, this... Um... This this whole movie was a, a bit rough, but I think we've seen worse. <laughs> we've seen worse. We've seen worse, but let's put it this way. With this much pedigree behind it, I'm. this is like one of the first times I've actually felt disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a bit better than it was, but... Uh... I mean, with the excitement both of us felt when all of a sudden we looked over and we're like, is that freaking Dominic Cooper? Or we're like, oh, it's battling AMC series actors. It's, <laughs> it's Breaking Bad versus Preacher. Yay! Yeah, and Michael Keaton. I was like, Michael Keaton's in this? What? This... And, and then, you told uh, me that, and I'm like, wait, what? Is Michael Keaton's in this? And then yeah, we then found what's out. Yeah, game? Remy Malik. Yeah, fucking Freddie Mercury playing a gearhead. We're like, rat. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so we're like, okay, this is this is gonna be okay. Mm. And then it wasn't okay. No. And then we found out halfway through it, we're like, well, we're an hour into it, you know. At least we've got what a half hour into it. And then I check the timestamp, and I'm like, oh god, we've got an hour left to go. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was rough. Um, I guess so. If you if you haven't seen it yet don't um I'll, I'll say that off the bat so we'll, we'll summarize it a bit for you uh jesse pinkman uh aaron paul he's like uh some talented driver it starts off we're explaining how he's you know he can't find a car fast enough for him he's such a good driver whatever and on he's top like, of that, he's inherited his father's uh, auto customization business yeah. in terms of doing high, you know, um, <clears throat> highly in tune race cars and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So they they make this Mustang that has 900 horsepower, yeah, and um, they sh they sell it to the son of the original Shelby uh, designer from the 1960s, the original Mustang Shelby. Yeah, yeah. They. Yeah, they give this Mustang 900 horsepower because it's 2014 and Mustangs are cool. Hey, and just remember, I, as I told you, come on, if they would have used a Camaro, it would have looked like a goddamn economy <laughs> car driving by. And they would be like, Who? like, wow, that is the loudest Corolla I've ever seen. It's a Camaro! <laughs> uh, 
And I have friends uh, who own uh, sixth generation Camaros, and I still tell them the same thing. Dude, you look like you're driving a fucking Oldsmobile. <laughs> yeah, so they they make this crazy Mustang. They sell it for like almost three million dollars or something like that. Uh, and then and then uh, Jesse Pinkman and one of his like mechanics or something get in a race with this guy who owns a competing auto customization place whatever for like supercars jesse pinkman and a kid who looks like he just stepped off the set of a twilight movie wearing a canadian tuxedo <laughs> uh they start driving high-end bucatis uh, against jesse custer from the preacher series thank you dominic cooper for showing up in this which dominic cooper without a beard just looks weird it's like, yeah it was um, weird it's like sam elliott without a mustache it's just like what no <laughs> But yeah, but yeah so they're race. racing uh they're racing these Koenigseggs uh like supercars and stuff and the guy with the competing auto place ends up like he's losing so he like hits uh Jesse Pinkman's mechanic and his car blows up the guy drives away and uh Jesse Pinkman goes to prison for murdering his friend because you know there is was nobody how, else there. Is that how auto wrecks work? Especially when the car you're driving has no damage to it that would correspond yep. to the damage that would. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and he like told them like, no, this is the guy that was driving this car. Like, this is what happened, and they don't like investigate at all. They're just like, no, that's not what I mean, happened. So I don't I mean, know. It was. It's very yeah. silly. The whole movie does stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, he gets out of prison immediately. He calls the person that bought the Mustang and convinces them to let him race it in this race against the guy. So that, because if he beats this guy in a race, then it's not like he killed his friend, right? Like, I don't know. It's, that's, it's revenge. He's got to beat him in a race. Anyway. So basically the whole movie is them, like, driving this Mustang across the country and running from the cops and doing ridiculous ridiculous things like like refueling without stopping like an aircraft because they can't they can't lose the minute and a half that would take um, and on top of that not only are they just driving along some sort of scenic uh you know north or sorry southwestern uh, vista where you've got all kinds of different buttes mountains and stuff like that in the background but no you're also passing every single winnebago as you're you know refueling on a two-lane highway and it's just like uh no yeah uh i i half expected life is a highway to start playing at some point during this movie but surprise I surprise shot my tv if that fucking song would have came on <laughs> and that's not an over exaggeration i would have been like I would have I would have screamed podcast over shot my TV and then it would have been like okay yeah no we're we're gonna take a refresher. <laughs> well, good news, Elmer. There was almost no music in this entire movie. I kept making jokes to you this entire time because I should say while we were watching this, uh, Levy and I were going back and forth, just basically ripping at a new asshole via text message, and I kept telling him the entire time, dude. Why are we watching the fake Fast and the Furious movie when we should be watching the real one, made in 1999, by the gentleman who gave us the masterpiece that is Swordfish? And the entire time, he uh, Levy keeps going, no, no, I hate Nicolas Cage, no, no, no. 
Hey, man, at least Gone in 60 Seconds actually had music by the Crystal fucking method in it. Like, it's every true. single, every single Need for Speed game had <laughs> until Underground in 2006. Well, and the thing is, I wouldn't say that I hate Nicolas Cage. I, I don't like him, but I do enjoy a few of his movies um, because he's just such a ridiculous human that it's kind of uh, just interesting <laughs> to me. Anyway, well, hey, um, yeah, I think it... I get to go down on uh, John Voight's daughter, good old Angelina <laughs> Jolie, where she's got white girl dreads in it. How does that count as a man? Me yeah. saying that woke my dog up, and she's looking at me disgusted. So sorry, <laughs> sorry, listening audience. Uh, yeah, no. So you kept saying that we should be watching that instead. I kept saying that we should be watching the Hot Wheels movie instead, because the plot was pretty much ripped right out of the Hot Wheels movie. <laughs> um, and oh god, You're yeah, I don't know. And then there was okay, there was that guy. It was the the friend of theirs that flies around in his Cessna plane, giving them traffic updates. Because you can do that from a Cessna. <laughs> um, and at certain points of the movie, all of a sudden, he's in like a news helicopter that he borrowed from a friend, and then he's in like a like an Apache helicopter that he borrowed from a friend, and it's like how the f- like it just uh, so much rid- ridiculousness with this movie. What he was actually in was he was in a version of uh, what we like to call Marine One, which I can't remember the name. It's um, something UH something Hercules, which is a heavy lift helicopter utilized to this day by the United States military. Uh, the passenger version of that is actually Marine One, which is what is actually used as a helicopter platform for the United States president. So he was inside this heavy lift helicopter. He flies over Jesse Pinkman and um, oh, Imogen Poots, a.k.a. as I kept calling her the entire movie, um, either, uh, what was it, uh, Corduroy <laughs> Polly Pocket or, yeah. uh, Mo- oh, that's what it was, Motley Crew Groupie Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he flies over the top of them with it, lowers down two cables, and tells them, hook them together. So they hook them together yeah. through the, cr- uh, like, the cab of the Through the car. windows, yeah. Literally, it's just two cables with a hook. Not even a carbiner hook, but just a hook and a fucking chain link. Hooks them together, they lean back, and I am not kidding when I say this, people. They go over the same cliff Thelma and Louise did, which before they did that, I sent Levy the message, there ain't no way in hell they're going to Thelma and Louise this shit. <laughs> oh, it's so ridiculous. And they, they, yeah, they Thelma just, and Louise that shit. <sighs> they just drive off this cliff. And it's like that would rip the roof of the car off, first of all. And as I messaged you, I'm like, well, I mean, it is a sport. Or, I mean, it is a high speed custom race frame but simultaneously i'm like no it's still the fucking roof it's designed to collapse inward not go outward so yeah no that should still rip the shit yeah. out of that frame yeah but oh God. i don't know just this this movie was was filled with stuff like that and it was really really frustrating to experience um this movie made me cringe and cringe and cringe um and eventually I, I will skip a lot of this movie, but eventually they find the car that the bad guy was driving when he hit his friend and killed him. 
Um, they find it, and instead of just going to the police with the car, he uses it in the race against this guy. Uh, and this scene is the only good scene in the movie. They're they're racing like a, a Bugatti, a McLaurin's, a Ferrari, all this stuff. Um, they're going d- through like actual classic areas from yeah. the uh, Need for Speed games. Like they're actually going through like a redwood forest where I'm like, like, oh shit, this actually feels like Need for Speed. Yeah. And the cops get involved because they're trying to stop the race, and so like there's crashes and jumps and explosions. There's, there's kids at a school bus singing along to like some crappy theme, yeah. or like like singing along thing, and it's like yay! And they're pointing out the window as fucking Bugattis are driving by. It's like <laughs> no, this is what the entire movie should have been. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's not like it was that good, but it was the best part of the movie, so I appreciated it. Um, but yeah, he everyone gets knocked out of the race except for him and the guy. Um, the guy ends up crashing his car, and instead of winning the race, Jesse Pinkman stops and turns around and helps the guy out of his car before it explodes because he's such a better person that he couldn't let him die or whatever. And then he finishes the race. And since he beat him in a race, now that means that everyone's going to know that he's the murderer somehow. Uh... Because he has the car with the damage, but like I don't, I don't know. It was just so ridiculous. Because that's exactly how Double Jeopardy works. Yeah, just the whole movie was ridiculous. It ended on a good note, though, uh, and then that's kind of it. Ended <sighs> on a good note for who? The audience or the people in the movie? Uh, the people in the movie. Yeah, no, it didn't end on a good note for us. That that post credit sequence thing came on, and I just went, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go take a shower now." This yeah, uh, it wasn't the worst movie we've watched on the podcast, but uh, most disappointing, probably. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you know what we're gonna say: bop or flop, Elmer. This thing flopped harder than my catalytic converter did along ni- uh, Highway 95 this afternoon. So, yeah, no, th- this this was a hard sit and a half, especially for two hours for a fucking car racing movie. No. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was not good. Flop for me also. Um, just just really disappointing. I mean, I knew it was going to be bad going into it, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Um if you can turn off your brain and you like cars, you might like it more than we did, but it's still not a good movie. Um, At least with other car racing movies, I mean, let's put it this way. At least with, say, like, Drive or the Fast and the Furious franchise or the original Grand Theft Auto or, hell, even the original Fast and the Furious, both Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah. You know, the original one and the remake. Let's put it this way. When you watch that, they go in the ins and outs of cars and stuff like that. This is just, you know, like, models or people who are like famous actors spouting off car nonsense and you're like no you're just reading that off a script you're not actually saying anything about said cars you're driving so to speak so at least you know car lingo and stuff like that they're up on that in other movies this feels no pun intended this is stock car the movie yeah i mean even even the movie it felt like phoned in and empty and just it feels it was, stock. That's yeah, it feels stock. It was, it was not great, but um, thanks Disney. Yeah, uh, thanks Disney. I'll be, I'll be deleting this from my hard drive tonight. <laughs> we won't have to watch this one again. And there was supposed to be a sequel, 
Um, I think you, I think the sequel was written, but production never started on it. And IMDb still says like in production, but uh, it's been like seven years. So hopefully I a can, second one doesn't come. I could see two things that would have ended up crashing that movie. No pun intended. One, Al, or Michael Keaton, aka the best part of this movie, which unfortunately all he was doing is he was playing the race car version of Alex fucking Jones. <laughs> and now with the Alex Jones saga coming to full completion right now, thank Christ. I can see that that is not exactly going to play well great in the future. Yeah. Two, this movie somehow made over $200 million at the box office. Yeah. International box office. This movie did barely even made its budget back here in the United States. <laughs> Thanks, China. The rest of that was overseas. Yeah. I said it once, I'll say it again. We need to cut off our actual shipping as well as international, well, pretty much consecutive rights to china because please china stop between this and transformers you're fucking killing our entire film industry stop it yeah not to mention what they're doing to their own citizens but i won't get into that well i didn't want to go i didn't want to be that real but uh <laughs> if we're, if you're thanks xi <laughs> Alrighty, so how do we feel about the country of Taiwan? I'm going to stop now. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, Don't watch the movie. If if you do, we warned you. But, I mean, it's not the worst thing. So, um, we still haven't decided what we're doing next, but now that we've gotten such a stinker out of the way, we'll watch something at least mediocre, I think, so... Stay tuned. Better Uva Bowl? No. <laughs> we could do another Uva Bowl movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you wanna if you wanna find us on YouTube or or anywhere to listen to us, uh, go to gamelink.click and check us out. If you wanna catch us live, it's twitch.tv slash lebby. Um, and we'll see you next week. Have a great week, folks. Stay safe, stay sexy. See you folks. <laughs>